Hey, good morning, gang. Something feels a little different today. I can't put my finger on it, but um, something definitely feels a little different in this video today. Um, when I put my finger on it, I'll let you know. But today, listen, we're in Job chapter 3. Uh, we're looking at... Um, well, today we're going to be looking at Job's really kind of first response to all the suffering he's gone through, besides the response that he gave his wife when she told him to um, give up, curse God, and die. And Job, Job was like, <laughs> let's just hold off on that a little bit, okay? Let's just hold off on that a little bit. Um, and, and told her, actually, a really profound point. Good morning, Barbara. I see Jessica, Bonnie. Uh, Katie, I'm not sure who else is there, but good morning to you. Uh, <clears throat> so, you know, they, Job says a really profound point, you know, should we not accept, if we accept good, which we've always had, why shouldn't we accept evil? Well, today, now, now sort of the initial sort of um, statement that, you know, a faith that he gives is sort of taken aback, and now he begins to lament his situation. Now the real struggle begins that really we'll see throughout the rest of the book. Now we are not going to go chapter by chapter, verse by verse throughout the rest of the book of Job because um, it really is very repetitive. If you've ever read the book of Job, uh, it ends up being a series of discussions between Job and his friends. And Job basically is like, oh, this is awful. What was me? What did I ever do to deserve this? And his friends are like, you did something. You did something. Scour that brain of yours and figure it out. Confess the specific thing, and then all this will go away. I mean, that's kind of their attitude, and we'll see that next week. And so what we're going to be doing going forward from today, after we look at a little bit of Job 3 and talk about the, uh, the purpose of lamentation in Scripture, is we'll be skipping around until we get to the, the glorious end of the book. But uh, So what does Job say? Well, let me give you a sample of it here at the very beginning. It says, after this, Job opened his mouth and cursed the day of his birth. And Job said, let the day perish on which I was born. And the night that said, a man is conceived, let that day be darkness. May God above not seek it, nor light shine upon it. <clears throat> now I'm going to stop there, and then I'll talk about other aspects of the text uh, throughout chapter 3 as we go through. So, um... Unfortunately, oftentimes what we have been made to feel in the church from others is that venting to God um, isn't very Christian. It's not very faithful. And perhaps even some of you that are watching this right now feel that maybe you're upset with God about something. You're struggling with God about something going on in your life. And you may have wondered if because you're struggling and you're doubting and you're even feeling like venting angrily towards him, that that in some way calls into question your faithfulness, your Christianity. And so the reality is many have been made to feel bad uh, when they have had less than Christian thoughts about God and about their life. And yet... The reality is, a great deal of God's word is filled to the brim with lamentation from some of God's most faithful followers, and it is deeply ignored in our culture today. 
David fills the Psalms with such venting. How long, O Lord, he says. He asks in frustration over and over and over again. Jeremiah weeps in agony in his Lamentations book that is found in the Old Testament that's not often read. Although one of our most famous hymns comes directly from Lamentations 3, Great is Thy Faithfulness. And then, of course, you have our man Job all throughout his ordeal, even going so far to beg God to take his life and to wipe his birth from the calendar. Good morning, Sylvia. Um, and he's venting about the seeming unfairness of it all. And from his perspective, it absolutely is unfair. And what all this shows us is that God can handle our venting. As a matter of fact, he, he would like us to bring our lamentations to him. He invites us to do it. So, so why can God handle our venting? Well, I think, first of all, it's because it's honest. Over and over and over again, God calls us, God calls us people to come to him with pure hearts. Good morning, Nancy. Now, one way of reading that word pure is to say holy, and that, that's fine, that's good. But, but part of what it means to be holy is to approach God without a facade, without a mask on. It means to be honest with your emotions. It means calling a thing what it is. This is such a big deal. Good morning, Scott. You have to call the thing what it is. I mean, really, if God is God and he knows everything, then who do we think we're fooling anyway? I mean, when we come to him with the fake smile on and pretending everything's okay and all of a sudden get a deep, holy-sounding voice when we come to him in prayer, but we really feel like yelling at him at the top of our lungs, he knows. He's not fooled. And I think so often in our prayer lives especially, we've been taught to kind of put fig leaves on to fake it to come across more holy or more righteous or something like that. And yet God would say, no, 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 no. I want you coming as you are. I want you coming real, honest, truthfully. So look at Job's words in, uh, a little later, a little further down in the chapter, chapter 3, verse 17. He says something so, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's raw. He's talking about, uh, the the death that the death would be preferable to his life, and so good morning, Judy. He says, verse seventeen: There the wicked cease from troubling, and there the weary are at rest. There the prisoners are at ease together. They hear not the voice of the taskmaster. The small and the great are there, and the slave is freed from his master. Now, much of what Job says here in his venting is true, but there is also part of what he says that isn't quite accurate. And that's okay. I mean, he says about death here that the wicked cease from troubling. Well, that's not true entirely. We do know that not everybody will repent. But in the course of venting, theological accuracy isn't as important as being real with your God. That's The Psalms are filled to the brim with this stuff. And it's okay. It's okay if you don't have every little theological jot and tittle written down and ready to go. Just be honest. Secondly, I think God encourages us to vent to him and to come with our real life because it's faithful. In other words, rather than uh, venting, showing our lack of faith, which some have been taught to see, spiritual venting like this lamentation from Job actually shows our faith. <laughs> Remember, Job is addressing God in this book. He's saying, how can you do this to me, God? He's speaking to him because he believes in him. Good morning, Whitney. And good morning, Letitia. I can't help but think of a scene from the movie The Apostle. It's uh, 
it's a great movie. I mean, I enjoy it. It's it's definitely unique. And Robert Duvall's in it, one of my favorite actors. He's just awesome. And he plays this itinerant, sort of charismatic preacher named, named Sonny. And uh, Sonny has just found out that his wife is cheating on him and his life is really going to pot. And so that night he's upstairs praying, except this night he's he's not really praying as much as he's yelling. And, and he wakes up the neighbor and the neighbor calls and, and uh, Sonny's mother answers the phone. And uh, as she's talking to the neighbor, you know, complaining about how loud it is, he's saying, I'm going to yell at you because I'm mad at you. And he's talking to God. He says, I can't take it. Give me a sign or something. Give it to me. Give it to me. Give it. And he's really getting upset. And <laughs> he says, I don't know who's doing this to me, you or the devil. Well, yeah, it's faithful. That's faith actually is, you know, we're, we're fond of saying that like, you know, it's a relationship. It's not a religion. Well, if it's a relationship, yeah, arguments happen. Venting happens. It's okay. God can take it. He's not, he can handle it. He can handle it. I promise you, he can handle it because it is indeed familial. You're his kid. I mean, so on the one hand, you're his bride. <laughs> on the other hand, as, as your father, you are his child. He can handle your lamentations. Remember, uh, Jesus said, truly, I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never, never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So Job will say stuff like, why did I not die at birth, come out from the womb and expire? Why did the knees receive me or why the breast that I should nurse? For then I would have lain down and been quiet. I would have slept then. I would have been at rest with kings and counselors of the earth. I mean, you see, he's wishing that he didn't have to go through the struggle of life anymore. And he sounds, frankly, like he's throwing a tantrum at times throughout the text. It's okay. That's what people in relationships sometimes do. It's okay. Um, one of the clearest signs of my kids being uh, childlike is that they know how to complain to me. <laughs> they know how to beg for what they want. They know how to make it abundantly clear what they want. And so our Heavenly Father encourages us throughout all of Scripture uh, especially Jesus with the parable of the persistent widow um, in various other passages to beat the drum, knock on the door, keep on knocking, keep on asking. Um, this is the idea. But then there's a fourth reason that, that I think God can handle our venting, and this is the most important, and that is because it's translated. So he can handle our venting because it's honest and because it's faithful and because it's familial, it's relational, but ultimately he can handle it because it's translated. Now here's what I mean. No matter what you bring in your prayers and your laments and your complaints to God, in the final analysis, the reason why this holy, perfect, righteous, and entirely just God can deal with that venting is because it is covered by his son, Jesus Christ. The good news for us is that we don't approach God merely on our own, in our own strength, in our own eloquence, in our own theological accuracy, but we approach God being completely covered by the intercession of his son. We go to God under the substitution of his strength, his righteousness, his eloquence, and his perfect theology. I mean, check it out. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 20, 25, that Jesus, quote, 
always lives to make intercession for us. Now I want you to just hone in on that. The word always, I checked it out in the Greek, y'all, and it turns out it means always. There's never a time that he's not making intercession for you. There's never ever a moment in which you are not covered by him. Now why does he do this? Because as 1 Timothy says, he is the one mediator between God and man who gave himself as a ransom for all. And so Romans 8 says the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Now why? Because we don't know what to pray for as we ought. So we're told the Spirit intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words and according to the will of God. So here's what it means. Your, vental, your venting is acceptable to God because Jesus makes it acceptable to God. As 1 John 1 tells us in 2, 1 John 2 says, He is our advocate, standing by our side, speaking in our place. So when we start venting, it's as if our defense attorney stands there and he says, What he's saying, Your Honor. <laughs> this, is, this is what he means to say, Your Honor. You know, when you go in a courtroom, I mean, it, it, I, don't, I, I don't know if any of you have had this opportunity, but, uh, you know, we're advised never to try and represent ourselves because most human beings do not know the right words that are appropriate for a courtroom. Well, that indeed is the way it is when we come to the heavenly court of God, and yet our advocate stands with us by our side. He is our translator, so that our honest ranting and venting isn't merely heard as the complaints of a sinner, but frankly as the perfect defense of a son. And that, my friends, is very, very good news. So, in closing, let her rip. Come to God with what you got. Whether you're feeling great today and you just want to praise him from the rooftops or whether you're feeling you're, like you're completely down in the dumps or wherever you're at in between, just come to him with what you got. Your advocate stands by your side. He's not embarrassed to hear it. It's not like it surprises him. It's not like he's going to be shocked. He just wants you. All right, gang. That's all we got on the plate today. Next week, we'll look at the response of Job's friends, and it turns out they can't handle this honest venting very much. They're actually a lot like us. We don't actually know what to say when people vent to us this way, too. Uh, and so they start, um, well, they start sounding stupid and making stupid suggestions. So we're going to talk next week about that and what that looks like. But uh, until then, have a great week. God bless you. We'll see you then.